everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show podcast. Pleasure to be with you again today. And today we've got a very special guest on talking about a very interesting program in the city of Boise, and that is Miss Sydney Bennett. She's coming on. She is the Materials Management Environmental Analyst at the city of Boise. Sydney, that is a mouthful. Yes, it is, Matt. Thank you for having me today. You bet. Hey, it's my pleasure, and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'd love to start off by introducing you to our audience. Can you tell us, uh, we know the title, but tell us a little bit about what that means and where you come from and, and how you wound up there. Absolutely. Yep. So as Matt said, the title is Materials Management Environmental Analyst. And what that means is I work on the trash recycling and primarily composting programs within the city of Boise. Uh, it's a part of the Public Works Department. I've been here about four years. Um, and I grew up in the Denver area, but came to Boise by way of the East Coast. Uh, I was working in land conservation before this, but I've always had a very uh, deep connection and love for composting. Okay. Uh, in middle school, I started composting at my parents' suburban home. And I'm proud to say that they've kept that up uh, since I've left home. And my first job in composting was working, uh, mixing feedstocks and turning piles at a small permaculture farm in New Hampshire while I was in college. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the route everybody takes, right? They come to Boise from the West through the East Coast and then back. That's, that's the route. That sounds about right. <laughs> yep. So did you, so you went to college in New Hampshire? Went to college in Boston. In Boston. Ended up up in, yeah. Okay. And then ended up working on the, on the permaculture farm in New Hampshire. It was a great experience. I actually lived in a tree house while I was up there. So <laughs> lots of, lots of fun stories that from my sounds, time in New Hampshire. That sounds incredible right up until about January. And then that doesn't sound so great. Was it heated? Uh, it was not heated. There was a wood stove. Um, which has its has its pros and cons, as many uh -huh. folks here in Idaho know. Uh, it's it often is not worth getting up in the middle of the night to stoke the fire. <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> you want to stay snuggled under those blankets. I did the same thing uh, in college. We lived in a in Bozeman, Montana, and we had a wood stove for heat. We did not run the actual heater in the house, and uh, it was a brave soul who got up at two or three in the morning to stoke that fire. For sure. Okay. So this is very interesting that the, the composting program, which we're going to talk about today with the city of Boise is fascinating. Uh, but now I'm, I'm getting caught in the rabbit hole of your journey. Did you, did you actually end up coming to Boise specifically because you had composting experience and there was a position available regarding composting? Yes, I did. I was hired to help uh, manage this composting program and I moved here sight unseen. I just knew I needed to be back in the West. Oh my goodness. That is a lottery ticket that you won. It is. <laughs> I absolutely feel the same. <laughs> okay. That is great. Well, let's talk about the composting program a little bit. Did this just begin four years ago then? Are you the, are you the first? I am the first. The city started the composting program from residential households in June 2017. And as of March 2021, we've collected over 116,000 tons of compostable material from Boise's households. Yeah. And that equates to over 3,000 pounds per household of material that's been diverted from our landfill and put to beneficial reuse. No kidding. Okay. Now, I, uh, I've got a million questions for you about this. I asked my wife what her questions would be because I know she would be very, very into this. 
And the first question she popped up with was, how do you sort out the stuff people putting in composting bins that don't belong there? Mm, That is the million dollar question in so many ways. (laughs) Uh, When the material arrives at the composting facility, we initially uh, visually and manually sort out those contaminants that we can see from the outside of the pile. Okay. And contaminants are often uh, metals. They're often textiles. But our particular issue with contaminants is plastic. Mm. Windblown, light plastics, think grocery bags are, are all, you know, we, we try to keep them out of the composting facility as much as possible. But those tend to be very difficult to remove once they're in the compost pile. Well, maybe this show can help inspire people to make sure they don't mix those things in because I think by the time we're done, we're going to illustrate what an incredible program this is and, and everyone's going to be uh, a little bit more motivated to make it work and to contribute. So why did this begin? Why did the city of Boise start this? So the idea of starting a compost program really began in earnest for the city of Boise after we saw the results of a waste stream analysis run by Ada County in 2014. Waste stream analyses provide data on the quantity and composition of waste types that go to the landfill to evaluate how we're doing on our waste reduction and diversion efforts. Um, And this particular analysis in 2014 showed that about 45% of Boise's residential waste was organics. So we saw that data and thought the opportunity to divert such a large portion of our local waste stream and turn it into a soil building, carbon capturing resource that would have the additional benefit of extending the life of our land was a pretty obvious call. So from there, the process was a matter of finding a suitable compost site location, obtaining permits and approvals, educating residents, delivering carts, and of course, running a compost facility. Just a few details. Just to work a few. Out there. <laughs> all right. So where is that location? Where do you guys do all this? Yeah, it's called the 20 Mile South Compost Facility, and it's located in Cuna, Idaho. It's about a 40 minute drive uh, south of town. It is co-located on an, an another city run facility, the 20 Mile South Biosolids Application Site. Um, those are separate operations, but the, the same land that we share. Okay. Interesting. And then the city of Boise has a farm out. I, I live in CUNY. You have a farm out here as well. Correct. Yes. That's the farm I'm referring to, the biosolid okay. site. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That very technical title. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're right. Folks call it the farm and I like to differentiate so that they know there's also a compost facility located there. All right. So now, so today, uh, is it, is it every resident of the city of Boise that has a composting bin or do, do residents need to specifically request that? We have structured the compost program to be an opt-out program, which means that okay. 97% of our Boise households have a composting cart at their home. Okay. We're really proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than requesting one, you request to not have one. Is an Correct. Opt- okay. Yes. And so, man, 97% of your residents have stuck with it. Yeah. And we've actually seen folks who were initially a little bit hesitant because they're composting at home. And, you know, they think, why, why would I need this cart? Uh-huh. Um, have, come, have come on board in the years since because they see the value in getting rid of, you know, material that they can't process at home, like mm-hmm. all their leaves or their Christmas tree or things like that. 
Now, is is the city of Boise unique in this, or is this something that's that's kind of spreading throughout the country? Really good question. Uh, this is a fairly unusual program to have for a city of this size, okay. particularly in the West. Uh, composting programs are a lot more common on the East Coast, where landfill space is less readily available. Um, I think in many ways, Boise and the Intermountain West are, are catching up to some of the programs that, that exist on the East Coast. Um, but over the past couple of years, we have seen composting and yard waste programs pop up in other cities across the Treasure Valley. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Now, let's talk about how it works. So I think we know the first part. Uh, the residents have the bin. They put the appropriate materials, everybody, into those bins. Those get picked up. They get taken to the site in CUNA. What goes on after that? Absolutely. Yep. This is the fun part. So when the trucks arrive at the facility in CUNA, the first thing that happens is they're weighed and dumped in a single centralized tipping area. From there, like we spoke about before, that material is screened for contaminants. Again, we'll hit that, that please don't put your plastics in your compost cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, our permit dictates that uh, all of the material that's tipped at the facility needs to be ground and put into a windrow within 72 hours of arriving on site. So we run that material through a horizontal grinder that processes the material down to a uniform size, which helps jumpstart the composting process. After that, the material is placed into uncovered wind rows that are about seven feet high and 15 feet wide, and they're several hundred feet long. Uh, The most important parts of the active composting process are your carbon to nitrogen ratio, having water and having oxygen available. Because we're only composting what folks put into their compost carts at home, we Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of control over our carbon to nitrogen ratio. So we focus in our processing on maintaining adequate moisture and aeration levels inside those windrows. At first, we turn the material twice a week with a a straddle turner that mixes up the material to encourage uh, compost to get up to about 130 to 150 degrees which is considered active composting. CUNA, of course, as you know, is a very dry environment. So water is added multiple, multiple times throughout the process to encourage that microbial activity in the windrows that breaks material down. Our windrows uh, cook, as we say in the industry, for about 90 to 110 days, depending on the season and the type of feedstock that we have. Once the windrow has reduced about 40% in size, and it's starting to look nice and dark and uniform and recognizable as compost. We conduct a couple of basic field tests to see if the microbial process breaking down the material is slowing. And if so, that's a sign that the material is is finished active composting and ready to move to our curing area. Uh, Material sits on our curing pad for about 20 to 30 days. And during this time, the microbial process slows and temperatures of the pile drop to about 10 degrees above the ambient temperature. Uh, Once the temperature and the biological microbial processing stops, the nutrients that are available within the compost start converting into nutrients available for plant uptake in your garden. So in our mind, curing is is an absolutely critical stage of the process. And once the material is cured, we send our uh, material samples to a laboratory for an analysis of pathogens, nutrients, metals, and maturity. 
So when the material passes our lab test thresholds, it is then screened through a trommel screener, which pulls out large pieces. Uh, and we also have an air sifter attached to that trommel that is designed to pull out fine particle floating contaminants, think the little bits of plastic okay. bags that we mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of times. And then once we screen the compost, it is ready to head out to resident city facilities or be wholesaled. Wow. Okay. So for somebody like yourself who, who really is into regenerative ag and composting, this sounds like a dream come true job. It absolutely is. <laughs> I, I love speaking with residents. I love my time out at the composting facility. It's, it's really been a fun time to get this program started. Very cool. Okay, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about Boggs Boots really quick. And when we come back, I want to ask you how we get this compost to back to people to use in their gardens. Okay. All right. Thanks, Matt. When conditions turn mucky outside, save your kids' shoes and get them in some Boggs Boots. At DMB Supply, we carry Boggs 4-H boots that are perfect for the kiddos. And because Boggs knows some of life's most important lessons are learned outdoors, for each pair of 4-H boots sold, $5 are donated to 4-H programs as part of Boggs Outdoor Education Give Back Program. So keep your kids' feet dry and comfy, no matter the conditions, with Boggs at DMB Supply. All right, Sydney. Well, now that we're back, so man, the logistics of doing that and turning all of that compost, um, I think I would have to see it to understand it, but it's got to take a ton of room. It does take a ton of room. Yes. And we are actually in the process of expanding our compost facility to accommodate an extra 12,000 to 15,000 tons per year. Wow. Uh, the program has been so popular. We're already ready to grow. It, and is, has it grown every year or is this going to be your first major growth spurt? The program has grown every year uh, by by a fairly significant margin. Most notably from 2019 to 2020, we saw a 14% increase in tonnage of feedstock. Mm. So we went from about 30,000 tons per year to 35,000 tons per year. So that's interesting on the supply side, how that's growing. What about on the demand side? Is that growing? Are more people taking advantage of this? Yes, year over year, I think we see more residents who are made of made aware of the of opportunities to collect compost at our permanent give back sites, which we can talk about in a second. Okay. Um, as well as some of our other types of opportunities to to bring compost to communities uh, throughout the city. Um, we also have seen the reputation of the finished material starting to speak for itself more on the wholesale mm. side, and seeing more city facilities wanting to use it. Uh, throughout our parks and zoos and projects like that. Okay. Okay. So who is eligible to receive this compost? City of Boise compost participants. And remember that's 97% Uh of our households are eligible to pick up that compost. Um, We have two permanent give back sites that are open seven days a week that folks can go. Um, It's a self-serve site. They shovel their own material and they can, pick up about two cubic yards for free each year. Those give those give back sites are open seven days a week and located near the Idaho Botanical Gardens and the Boise watersheds. We've got one on the east side and the west side of town. We do our absolute best to keep material stocked at those sites year round. Uh, but for more info on the give back opportunities and, and rules there, I'd encourage folks to check out curbitboise.org. Okay. And that's the website, curbitboise.org. That's the website. Yep. Okay. Perfect. 
All right. So people are coming, they are shoveling their own, they're loading their own. Um, when people come to these sites to pick up, do they need to bring some proof of participation in the program? It's a really good question. You don't need to bring any proof of the program because both sites are unstaffed. What we have available uh, is we, we have a sign with some of the rules of loading compost and we ask folks to fill out uh, a waiver with some basic information, which are available on site. Okay. Um, they can deposit that waiver in a in a locked box right next to the waiver box, uh, so their information is secure. We use those waivers to retroactively confirm who's a participant in the program and make sure that we are able to adequately stock year over year okay. the material that we need for demand. And I would imagine that right now is got to be your peak demand season with people putting in gardens and, and things like that. The spring is a very busy season at those give back sites. I would say if any time of year it's difficult to keep material stocked, it's right now. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, are these materials like, do you have, do you have, I guess, an excess? Are are these materials available to any non-residents, non-participants at a fee or something like that? Right now we don't have a one-off purchasing program through through this uh, city composting, uh, we we have opted instead to go the wholesale route. Uh, we've seen that increase year over year, the demand for wholesale. Um, who knows? At some point, there may be an option to buy a small quantity as an individual who maybe isn't a city of Boise resident. Uh, okay. But I can't say for sure right now. Okay. So for the for the people who are eligible for this, are is there any additional charge to them to participate? No, we've actually uh, been able to incentivize participation in the program by making our customer rates about $5 less per month if they opt for a ah. free cart system. That would be trash, compost, and recycling. Um, and that's compared to if they just wanted a trash and recycle bin or a trash and compost bin. Um, and I think that that certainly contributes to the outstandingly high participation rates in our compost program. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So this is a model. This is a great model for other communities, other cities. Uh, I guess everybody within the sound of our voice that uh, it's really working. I think so. Yeah, we've been we've been astoundingly successful, I would say. And, and we get a lot of support from our residents who want us to start doing more in the realm of composting. Now, what about folks who would like to have this compost? They don't have the means to go and pick it up. Is there, is there any alternative for them? That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, we have a, a spring and fall community compost give back program where we will deliver 20 to 30 cubic yards to any neighborhood association, HOA, community garden, uh, church group, any other community group. And that's completely free of charge. The idea behind this program are folks who maybe aren't as easily able to access those permanent give back sites, mm -hmm. uh, give them an opportunity to get compost delivered close to home and provide an opportunity to build relationships with your neighbors kind of over the soil. Um, there are a few program requirements like being a compost participant and designating an area that's safe and accessible for delivery trucks, but we've done everything we can to make it as easy as possible. There's an application online. Once again, it's curbitboise.org. And that program will be available through June 18th of this year. And we'll open again in mid-September for fall givebacks. 
Awesome. Okay. You just brought up something that was so interesting and I know it, it sounds to me like it's a side benefit. I don't know if it was intended or unintended with the program, but you know, obviously if you, if you involve yourself in the community and, and you're looking from like a, like a social science perspective, you see that over the last several decades, we've seen a lessening of, of, uh, community involvement and people coming together as a community. We're seeing more and more polarization with this program. You talked about it, bringing neighbors and residents together. That's a really interesting side benefit. It is an interesting side benefit. I think, uh, gardening knows knows no divisions yeah. i think over the year of 2020 i saw a lot of material coming out from the composting council and other sources about the this year being the revival of the victory garden hmm. uh, i love that idea mm-hmm. speaking personally i expanded my little garden at my home from two raised beds to six raised beds in 2020 so i'm just really hopeful that we can keep that momentum up in years to come yeah, you know, that's really interesting. I thought about that during COVID as well as as a, as a person who reads and, and studies up on what our country was like during World War II and that reference to the Victory Gardens and people growing their own food so uh, they could be more self-sufficient and more resources could be sent to the war effort. Uh, I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime until this year with COVID and then food shortages and, and all sorts of uh, things like that. So very interesting that you brought that up as well. It was pretty remarkable how how we saw a difference in our inbound feedstock, like we said, that 14% more than 2019. And I think that has something to do with what was happening in 2020, folks having a lot more time to tackle mm-hmm. those projects that they've been putting off. Mm-hmm. We also had a very busy spring and fall season at those give back sites of folks utilizing the compost available to them for free uh, to become more self-sufficient. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about what not to put in the bins. Talk for a minute about what to put in the bins. What, what are there good, better and best options? Is it, or is it just everything that's eligible? Throw it in there. We will take anything we can get in the, (laughs) in the program. And I'll talk a little bit about what is allowed and a couple more things that we can't receive in this compost program. Um, the broad categories are yard waste and food waste. Uh, on the yard waste side, that would be your leaves and grass clippings, which are an overwhelming majority of what we see at mm-hmm. the compost site. That includes limbs and branches, pine cones, uh, any sort of garden cleanup that you're doing. Um, that also includes your Christmas tree. Um, and then on the food waste side, we can collect fruits and vegetables, uh, peels, seeds, cores, things like that. We can collect coffee and tea grounds, including the filters. We get questions about that quite often. Uh, We can collect eggshells and we can collect paper bags to a limited degree. We generally ask folks to use paper bags as their kitchen compost collection site. Uh, Important to note that we are not permitted to accept meat, fish, bones, fat, oils, grease, or any type of grains at the Mm, okay. Okay. So those things need to stay out. Correct. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Well, uh, so let's have the, the website one more time for folks who want to check it out. And uh, I mean, it sounds like you've got a very high percentage of participation already, but there's a few people out there that uh, are going to want some more information. 
Yeah, that website is Kerbit Boise, C-U-R-B-I-T-B-O-I-S-E dot org. Uh, that is a great resource for not only information on the compost pickup sites and the community compost give back program. We also have a full list of what's accepted and what's not accepted in the program, as well as some uh, tips and tricks on setting out material in those difficult times of year when you have a lot of compost mm-hmm. and how to do that in a way that make sure that it's collected and goes to our composting site. Excellent. Well, man, thank you so much for, for this program. I, I'm not even a, as a Boy, city of Boise resident, but I will tell you what is, is very, very interesting. And I love the concept here and I love people getting back to growing their own food and doing it in this way. Uh, really, really appreciate you coming on today. Of course it was a real treat to be here, Matt. Thank you. Well, that was fantastic, everybody. And thank you very much for being here. Thank you to Sydney Bennett and the city of Boise for coming on and sharing that information and for that program today. And hey, here's to you, everybody, and to your Western lifestyle, however you define it.